0: Welcome to the Church Basement Podcast. Today we're doing an Ask a Lutheran Pastor podcast. The question for the day is, are there times you've doubted God's existence or presence? And if so, what defining moment convinced you to believe? Now before we dig into this question, let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Amanda Zensalo. I serve as the pastor at Central Lutheran Church in Northeast Portland, Oregon. And I'm Don
1: Miller, a member here at Central and the producer of the podcast. Okay, let's start with an obvious, where does the question come from?
0: Brilliant question of the question. Mm-hmm. I was invited by a friend to come and speak to a class at Concordia University. Okay. And this is someone who's known me through all of my years of ministry. Actually, we served together down south in Medford, Oregon, and have remained in contact with one another, even though we crossed denominational lines.
1: Ooh, Fascinating.
0: How dear and wonderful collaborator. And she invited me to come in and asked what I would like to speak on to a class of hers, which is about living faith in the world. It's a core requirement class of the university. You don't have to be a person of faith, but you do have to take the class. Okay. And so it's a mix of all kinds of students from all kinds of different walks of life, all kinds of different religions and flavors of kind of background. And they meet to talk about what would faith have anything to do with daily living. And I was invited in to speak and share my story. I always teach better to questions than I do to just the sound of my own voice. <laughs> uh-huh. And so I asked for questions to be submitted in advance so that I could speak on what they wanted. And we gave them just a little bit of like opportunity for topics I could talk about roller derby and what it's Mm -hmm. like to be a skater. I could talk about being a pastor and coming to faith and not being a person of faith, but becoming to faith and what it's like to do my work and explore my call. I could talk about activism. This was an invitation shortly after the civil disobedience. And so that was another topic we could talk about. What is it like to live faith in action? And so they had this huge widespread of things to ask about, And to understand that we break the barriers and are never one thing only. And they sent back the coolest list of questions. Mm -hmm. It's like 25, 30 questions deep of all kinds of beautiful, wonderful things. And so we're going to go back to this list on occasion Mm -hmm. and pull them for our Ask a Pastor podcasts. So this came from a university student and engaging in their classwork. And it's a brilliant question. Okay, so the
1: obvious through line now is, have you
0: doubted God's presence?
1: Absolutely. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And I think maybe that's comforting to hear from someone who is, you know, a professional Christian. Mm -hmm. And important (laughs) to hear from someone who does live their life daily within their faith. Right? That is what I do. It's who I am. The things that I believe inform my daily activities every single day just because of the work that I am called to do, but it also impacts the rest of my life in other places and other ways other than just direct church work. And so, yes, absolutely, I have doubted the existence of God. I have doubted God's presence in my life. I have wondered where God is and why God doesn't show up more obviously and if God even cares at all and all those So this doesn't make you a bad
1: Lutheran or a bad Christian?
0: It doesn't. I don't think so. I mean, if it does, I'm there with you. Okay. Right, I think part of that is just being a human being, and I think it's important that we say this often because we're called to faith, not knowledge. And I may well have said this in one of our many podcasts at this point before, mm-hmm. but there are some new listeners out there. So again, it bears repeating that we are not called to have knowledge in God. We're not called to know everything for certain about God. We're called to faith in God, which implies There's reason to doubt, and there's a reason to question, because you can't have faith in something, which is to choose to believe in something in spite of. You can't have faith if you don't have doubt. So to think that one cannot doubt or question God, I don't think is a fair expectation of yourself.
1: Yeah, but is there a limit? How
0: much doubt is too much doubt? How much joy is too much joy?
1: Oh, okay.
0: Fair enough. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, is it harming you or harming others to have doubt? If it's harmful to doubt and to question, if you're using it and abusing yourself with that doubt, then maybe that's not helpful, but there's some other underlying issue there. I think when we really struggle with understanding what is this divine being that is bigger than us and what does it want with and for us alongside of us, I think... To struggle with that and to genuinely interact with that is totally okay. I don't know when it would be too much.
1: So how do you bring it back around then when you're square in the jaws of overwhelming
0: doubt? Hmm. I think about Doubting Thomas. It's kind of an obvious one. Right. So for folks who don't know the Mm -hmm. story of Doubting Thomas, the Sunday after Easter, almost Every single year in a church that follows the lectionary, you're going to hear the story of Thomas the twin, also called Doubting Thomas by many. But in the scripture, it says Thomas the twin, also called Didymus. And he wasn't with the disciples. He was one of the disciples. But when Jesus comes back to life, this is in the Gospel of John, and finds his disciples hiding because they're fearful Jesus sees them all and then goes away and they go find Thomas. And they're like, hey, Jesus is back. He's been resurrected. It's amazing. And Thomas says, I won't believe until I put my fingers into his wounds and my hand into his side. Mm -hmm. Then the following week, they gathered again in a locked room. And this time Thomas was with them. And Jesus comes again and offers peace and then looks to Thomas and says, here, see the wounds in my hands. Put your hand in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. And Thomas responds with, my Lord and my God. And it's the first confession of anyone to proclaim the deity of Jesus. And I lean into that story because that week in between, not necessarily the moments that are written, but it's that space in between Mm -hmm. that is what I lean into in those dark moments of doubt. Because in those dark moments of doubt, when you cannot believe that something could be true, that God could come back to life, that God would give a second chance, that Jesus was even real at all, all of those things, Thomas was probably feeling all of those things. And we don't know why he wasn't there that first week. The first time I preached this, I kind of supposed, what if he was just depressed? Mm-hmm. His leader had just been terribly tortured and murdered in front of him. I don't know. Three or four days later, I'd probably be pretty darn depressed, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? Hard to get up and get out of bed when your entire purpose has just been murdered in front of you. So what matters is that in that in-between week when all the others had seen Jesus except for Thomas, he stayed in community. They didn't kick him out. They didn't say you couldn't come because you questioned They didn't say you're so stupid because you don't believe.
1: Now, this is interesting to me because I'm sitting here in my own head thinking, but Thomas actually got the thing, right? He got the confirmation. And in much of our daily life, you don't get that. It's true.
0: And in that place of doubt, in that time of darkness and questioning, the answer and the response that I find in Scripture is stay with your community. Okay. Don't ostracize yourself. Don't hide. And the answer to those who are watching someone going through that kind of doubt and that kind of questioning is stay with them. I think in today's society, that is often the more important message. It's a both and, mm-hmm. right? The courage to remain within a community that believes something that you doubt and question is a ton of courage. Mm -hmm. And the steadfastness to remain alongside of someone who doesn't believe what you do and to stay with them in their darkness is an incredible gift. And that's what the scripture shows me we should do. At the end of the story, they get their confirmation of God's existence. They get the proof that they needed, Mm -hmm. right? Whether that's Thomas receiving it. Or the fact that all the other disciples had already seen the wounds, right? They got the proof that they were looking for. Mm -hmm. The proof that we receive is going to come in a different way. But there is proof. Mm -hmm. There are moments when the divine is so clearly present that it's really, really obvious that something bigger than us is present. And we may only get two or three of those moments in our entire lives if we're lucky but if we can think back to those moments and hold on to them tightly and know, yeah, there's definitely something. And I'm gonna stay in the community until I either experience something like that again, or I can just pull from that remainder of strength and hold on to it.
1: It is such a huge leap of faith because you want there to be so much more balance between the moments of the divine. Mm-hmm. And the many, many more moments of doubt and why have you forsaken me things.
0: Yeah, totally. I completely agree. And I think that takes cultivating. I think seeing the divine, because if we're only looking for wounds and scars on a resurrected Jesus, we won't see Jesus in the wounds and scars of the people around us. That's fair. And so it takes a willingness to open our hearts and our minds that, the signs and symbols of God's presence might be different than we want to define them as. Mm -hmm. If you can see a rainbow as a sign of God's presence and not, it's being willing to see the divine in places where I know that we get doubtful and I know we have scientific reasons for these things. And can we choose to also see God within that rainbow Mm -hmm. and God within that promise And that takes cultivating, that takes practice, and that is done well in community.
1: Well, and it often takes looking a little wider in scope. There was a movie a few years ago called Under the Tuscan Sun. Mm -hmm. And the whole point at the end, as far as I'm concerned and feel about the movie, (laughs) is that she wanted some very specific things out of life. And she thought she was only going to get them one way. Yeah. But when she took a step back and assessed things a little differently and took a wider scope at things, she realized she was getting the things that she wanted out of life, just not in the way she expected to get them. And I think that's often the problem. I want to have children in my life and I only see one path for that to happen instead of looking around and seeing the many, many ways mm-hmm. you can incorporate that into your life.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And again, that takes practice to do. Totally. Right. It's not something that very many people come naturally to. No, partly because it's hard. <laughs> it's, it is hard. It's hard to let go of the expectations that we have of our lives. And it's hard to let go of the things we think should happen or the image of ourself that we think is the way it's going to be. And when we don't meet that expectation, when we don't live into that image, and all of a sudden we look back and we doubt, like, why have these things happened to me? What is the entire purpose of this? Where is God in this story? Because this stuff doesn't match what I expected. And if we continue to try to keep God in a box that we can explain and we can understand, or if we try to only see God in one way, then we will never see the divine. But if we can open up our expectation and open up what we think of as the divine and and let there be open space, it's easier to see not the proof, but the confirmation of God's presence all around us. And it won't take all the doubt away. There might be a day where you're like, oh, yeah, this place is so God-saturated. Like, <laughs> I can do nothing but like get sloshed all over the place with this pure divine saturation all around me. And you might have one day like that in your life. But beyond that, maybe you'll find God splashing in the small puddle on the side. Mm-hmm. Right? And you'll find that affirmation in the midst of the doubt. And again, I cannot stress enough how remaining in community and remaining alongside of one another is really the scriptural response to doubt, which is completely counter to what our culture currently is doing. Oh,
1: totally. Okay, then this is going to lead me to my last question. Do you think that
0: Jesus doubted? I think that to be truly human, he must have at some point. Yeah. Alongside of that, truly divine was the truly human, fully divine, fully human. That's how we understand Jesus. And so, to believe that he was fully human to me implies that he had to doubt, that he had to experience what it's like to doubt oneself, doubt faith, doubt path, doubt the call, and still muddled his way through it and still found his way and kept going in the courage, right? But I think we even maybe see a tip of this when we hear him say, take this cup away from me. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know that this is the best way to do this. You know, whatever he was praying in that garden of Gethsemane, I think that doubt is a part of that. And I don't know that, you know, on the cross he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And I don't know that that's a sign of doubt because I truly think that that is a quoting of the psalm. Okay. And that psalm ends in trust and affirmation. So I don't know that that's an implication of doubt, but looking at the Garden of Gethsemane experience and his friends keep falling asleep on him mm-hmm. and he keeps being left alone and losing his community in those moments. And I think that experience and having his, one of his best friends betray him, mm-hmm. right? I think that kind of experience would certainly lead to doubt. For any human being I know Mm -hmm. that he continued on the path and that he continued walking forward without retaliating with violence shows me his divinity (laughs) because I don't know a human who could go down that path Mm -hmm. of doubt and sorrow and betrayal and not react violently in one form or another. I think that his reaction to continue to move forward in love and compassion is a total sign of divinity But I think there was most likely doubt in there.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you, Pastor Amanda, for taking the time to answer this question for us all. I look forward to sitting
0: down with you another week on another topic. As do I. And thank you to that class at Concordia for supplying this and some future questions for us to dig into. We would love to hear from you. Send your own questions or write a review of our podcast on iTunes. You can send those questions, though, to podcast at centralportland.org or find us on Facebook, we would love to hear from you. Until we are back in your ears again, remember, God loves you, no matter what.